Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Chasing Banners. My name is Dante Tor. You can follow me on Twitter at DanteNDeck. There you will find such great Celtics content. Now that the season is back in full swing, me and my co-host Ryan Sheen, we have so much to talk to you guys about. But before we get into that, Ryan, why don't you introduce yourself to these wonderful people? What is up, everybody? We are back for a yet another episode of Chasing Banners. Um, I'm 401 Sheehan on Twitter. Uh, that's where you can find me, obviously. And then at the end of the show, we'll get into a little bit more of that. But before we do get into the actual talk, I just want to say check out the new merch that Dante and I, along with um, Guy Boston, have been dropping. Uh, We have a new Chasing Banners sweatshirt on there. We have a new Chasing Banners t-shirt. And we also have a new Chasing Banners Jason Tatum uh, PGA t-shirt. So it's the point of it is to look like the PGA logo. It came off an Instagram photo of Tatum. So if you've seen the photo, you'll be able to match it up. But yeah, you ready to get into this, Dante? Let's go, bro. I mean, obviously, it is Tuesday, August 4th. We have two games to talk about we are going to talk about the very first game against the milwaukee bucks and then their second game against the trailblazers but let's just jump into the milwaukee game if you're listening you know how that game went down you know how the game ended you know who had good performances and who had terrible performances and you know that the refs kind of screwed over boston the refs kind of sucked off Giannis at the end of the game Listen, the Celtics lost uh, by seven points, one nineteen to one twelve. I'm just gonna come. I'm just gonna start by saying this: the Celtics didn't deserve to win that game. I mean, they started off, you know, down seven to seventeen to two, and the two points that they had on the board were uh, two points that they didn't even score. It was the Milwaukee Bucks. They had uh, there was a miscommunication with the rebound. It tipped right in. And that's where the points came from. And they also gave those two points to Jason Tatum. And Jason Tatum ended up uh, shooting two for 18 throughout the entire game. (laughs) So realistically, he only shot one for 17. Um, But, you know, he finished with five points, one for two from the free throw line, seven rebounds. Jason Tatum, man, I mean, I don't know how else to really say it, but the fact that he probably had the worst game of his career. Um, You know, first game back, I know it's different. There's no fans. It's like, you know, in Orlando, uh, just every, the atmosphere, everything about it is different. I understand that. But we had three scrimmages as well, and Tatum didn't really have the best showing in both. I mean, he had a good showing in the, in the second game. But just compared to the first game, he only hit one shot. In the second game, his shooting performance, I mean, the shooting wasn't there. It wasn't that great. He put up better numbers. And then he comes into this game, and he shoots two for 18. Like, I mean, we'll get into the bounce-back performance he had, but, you know, you're not going to beat a team like Milwaukee when your best player is shooting two for 18, right, Ryan? No, you're not going to beat a team like Milwaukee. And honestly, to be honest, it was making me a little bit nervous that Jason Tatum was starting this whole uh, NBA restart again, going two for 18, like, I know we talked about it, uh, saying who was going to win the first game and how we thought the record was going to go throughout the eight games. And both of us said that coming back that we would lose to Milwaukee, but the way that we started that game was absolutely atrocious. 
And the way that our best players started that was absolutely atrocious. So I'm glad that the game we'll talk about after he was able to turn it around. But you're not going to be able to beat Milwaukee when your best player is going for technically one for 17. (laughs) And the thing that really made me nervous about this was he said, uh, you can't get any worse than that. And it reminded me of what Kyrie said in the playoffs against the Bucks uh, before yeah, he, he left. What, he <laughs> what was it, like 8 for twenty eight for 21? He goes, I'm never going to shoot like that again. He goes 8 for 22 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, was, I think it was like 8 for 22 the first mm-hmm. one and 7 for 22 the next one. Or yeah, it was, it was something like that, yeah. And it, was, and it was flip-flopped. It could have been the other way around. But that's what really made me nervous. It was that attitude. And I was like, oh, no, please don't do this to me. But then he, then he was able to turn it around. But, yeah, that Milwaukee game, you're not going to be able to beat one of the best teams in the league when one of your stud players is playing like that. So um, the, the second half was a completely different story from what we saw, though, wasn't it, Dante? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, Jalen Brown didn't hit his first shot until there was three minutes left in the first half. So it took him a while to get going. At one point, him and Tatum were shooting like one for nine or something like that. And – Jalen Brown finished with 22, shot six for 15 from the field. And this is another thing to point out. You know, Jace Tatum shot two for 18. That is abysmal. That's bad. Gordon Hayward shot six for 14. Jalen Brown shot six for 15. Daniel Tice even shot five for 13. Like, the shooting just really wasn't there. Everyone really played below their averages, especially Hayward and Brown. And Kemba Walker – he only played 19 minutes, and he had 16 points and two assists. I mean, it's it sucked because he was on a minutes restriction. I think the most he could have played was 19 minutes. And he just he, – he couldn't step in. He couldn't be there for the team when they needed him in clutch time. And he would have been nice to have later on in the game. But obviously, we didn't. Marcus Smart was the best player that night for the Celtics. 23 points, 7 for 11 shooting, 4 rebounds, 4 uh, – one, one assist, I'm looking at four turnovers. That we don't have to mention that. Shot three for six from the three-point line, which is pretty good for Marcus. And also Brad Wanamaker. He had 14 points, six rebounds. And, you know, those two guys coming off the bench, Brad Wanamaker especially stepped up. I know we kind of talk our trash. I, I, I especially talk my trash about Brad Wanamaker. But he stepped up in place of Kemba Walker when we needed it. So, you know, it was the first. We had a little uh, interruption, a little uh, problem there. I lost power. We are currently uh, going through a storm right now. Uh, Power is a thing. It is a necessity. Power outages are a real thing, and you need power to record. um, uh, You you need uh, Wi-Fi. You need a power to record podcasts. That is just uh, how it goes. So, but we are back. We're good. We're good to go. Uh, Ryan said he was the one that that was having uh, the storm issues, the storm watch, and I was like, "Oh no, everything's fine over here." And I lost power first. So that's just how it goes. But anyways, it's all good. Uh, the last thing we were talking about, I was kind of talking about the guys that did step up for the Celtics. Marcus Smart, he had twenty three points, four rebounds. Uh, shot seven for 11 from the field, three for six from the three-point line. Uh, he was the best player for the Celtics against Milwaukee. And Brad Wanamaker, as much as, you know, I talk trash about him, uh, we talk, we kind of talk our trash about Brad Wanamaker. He stepped up. He had 14 points, uh, six rebounds against Milwaukee. And he he definitely stepped up in the absence of Kemba Walker when he was not 
on the floor. So I got to, I got to give him credit where credit is due. Brad Wanamaker was one of the best players for the Celtics against Milwaukee. So, but besides that, you know, Ryan, we can kind of get into this now that the referees, um, they just basically sucked off Giannis and the Bucks towards the end of the game, especially in the fourth quarter. Giannis Antetokounmpo stayed in the game with like eight fouls, essentially. He he went into Daniel Tice, like basically stiff-armed him, pushed it back. The refs stopped the game without calling anything. They just straight up stopped the game, and then they reviewed it, found there was no hostile act, and they just kept rolling with it. Didn't even call anything against Giannis. And then a few plays later, Marcus Smart goes to take the charge on Giannis. They initially called it a charge, which was awesome. But then, um, <laughs> but then they called it a, uh, a blocking foul. They reversed to a block foul. Giannis got the and one, and that was it. That was the game. Uh, so the Celtics just – they fought back. They were in it. They were ready. <sighs> they f- Through Jason Tatum's poor shooting performance, the Celtics still were – they got the lead in the fourth quarter. They were still so close to beating Milwaukee, and then those two big plays just swung – they just swung the momentum in Milwaukee's favor, and, and that was really the game. I mean, Ryan, what were your thoughts on, you know, the closing moments of that game? Well, just to start, Giannis in the first three games have just been getting absolutely ridiculous calls. So, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious what's going on with Giannis and how they're trying to play it off, but it's whatever. The, the fall on Daniel Tice is the thing that confuses me the most. Because you're calling – what do you – first of all, what are you calling? They're stopping the game to call a foul, a foul, but then they change it to a hostile act. So you go to the review, you say it's not a hostile act, and therefore you can't call it a foul at all. So nothing comes out of it. So the just to start, like what was the original call? Were you calling it a hostile act or were you calling it a foul? Because there was nothing really that came out of it. They never really said anything to begin with. They just stopped the game. They went to the video board. And they said it was a hostile act. Okay. what? Like, how are we making this a hostile act? They call it a hostile act because they thought Daniel Tice got punched in the gut. He got kind of shoved in the gut. But just, just to get to it, if you're going to make a call, a foul call, you can't just go back and say, nah, never mind, it's not a call. Like, it was a foul anyway. Like, I was saying to myself, like, he might have sold it a little bit extra, which, all right, that's fine, just sell the play. You got to call something. Like, there's nothing there. Like, there's nothing there to overturn it. It's a clear foul. If you're going to make a foul call, make a foul call. Don't overturn it. The one on Marcus Smart is something I could understand. You, it's, it's a block and foul straight up. He was still moving his left foot. He wasn't set in position. Giannis was already up in the air by the time Marcus was able to set himself. It's it's a clear block and foul. I had no problem with that one. My only issue is that play would have never happened if yes. they had just called Giannis for a foul on the play before. That I'm was with you a on that. that that is a foul. That is a foul right there. And that foul on Marcus Smart would have never happened if they had just stuck to what they had called. Marcus Smart was a foul on Marcus Smart. Let's get that straight. Go back and watch the video. Watch in slow-mo. His left foot still moving. Doesn't matter. That's not what I'm mad about. I'm mad that they didn't throw him out of the game when they should have. That is a foul. Do not try to 
Don't try to switch it up. Just call it. Stop trying to save Giannis for the bubble because you're trying to get your ratings or try to keep your ratings the way they are. Stop doing it. Just call it a foul. Get him out of the game. That's it. It was ridiculous. It, it's, it's obvious what they're trying to do. It was first game of the year. They, the last thing they wanted was the golden child, their, the new poster boy, to foul out. But I agree with you on there. I mean, the Marcus Smart foul was more uh, a correctly called than the Tice foul. Like, I mean, they, they stopped the game. To, to review it and then they just like straight up just didn't call anything and that that really doesn't make any sense to me but it happened this that ended up like I said it swung in the momentum into the Milwaukee's favor and the Celtics lost because of it but Celtics only lost by seven Jace Tatum had one of his worst scoring nights the one of the worst shooting performances of his life and you know and the refs did their thing and the Celtics still only lost by seven. So I'm not really, like, too upset. I mean, obviously, in the moment, it was pretty upsetting. But obviously, I think it's all good now. Like, looking back on it, like, I'm pretty optimistic that the Celtics can hang with the Milwaukee Bucks. It's just they have to play better than than what they did, than how they performed uh, on this past Friday. But then we have the Portland Trailblazers game. And which Jason, was beautiful. Which was absolutely beautiful. Besides a 24-point 24 uh, point, uh, blown lead, uh, the Celtics bounced back with a 128-124 to 124 victory. And not only did the Celtics as a whole bounce back, Jason Tatum absolutely bounced back. He had 34 points, 11 for 22 from the field, 5 for 8 from 3, 8 assists, which is honestly, I, I was pretty impressed with the 8 assists because um, those aren't really numbers that you would – typically see from Tatum and then Jalen Brown had 30 points 10 for 18 from the field six for eight from three as well and Jalen Brown had 16 17 points in the fourth quarter alone he was just hitting big shots he was hitting pull-up threes in in transition um he was hitting these tough fadeaways that I mean honestly I was like he hit one of them I, I forgot who it was over I think it was over Nurkic and it was just like damn how did that go in but it went in um, and J- Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum absolutely stepped up. Gordon Hayward, too. I mean, not to downplay him. 22 points, 6 for 10 from the field, 4 for 5 from 3, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. Everyone just had a solid all-around game. Kemba Walker, too, in 22 minutes, 3 minutes more than the last game. He had 14 points on 5 for 6. So everyone had a great game against the Trailblazers. Like I said, they, they blew a 24-point uh, lead. The Trailblazers had a 3-point lead at one point in the fourth. But, but the Celtics held on and they got the win. So, what were your thoughts on that game, Ryan? And you know what you saw from them and their bounce back performance. Oh, it was awesome! I was so happy to see how everyone played, especially the way Tatum and Brown played. I just love that Tatum was able to back bounce back from such an awful performance, uh, while also getting a haircut in between. Yes, and, and getting rid of all yes. the bad, bad the curls voodoo. Had no buckets. Yeah, no, fuck the curls. We're we're gonna go straight buzz cut for now on. That's yep. how all the boys are gonna roll out. Yeah. Um, it seems like it worked for Jalen too. I'm just gonna put that out there uh, <laughs> because the he go. he cut the uh, the flat top, and he, he is having a little he's having a little fro growing again though. Yeah, he back. does. Not if, the flat top, but it's coming back. If Jalen did a whole ass fro, that would mm-hmm. be the sickest thing of all time. Like, just threw it back to the 70s. That would be wild. But, uh, yeah, so between the four of Tatum, Brown, uh, Gordo, and Kemba Walker, they had 100 points, which is pretty awesome. Uh, especially seeing Gordo up there. 
with the 22 points. And considering Kemba had his minutes restrictions at 20 minutes, correct? Yes, um, 22. But yeah, yeah 22. So it's good to see that he's still putting up buckets in that amount of time. Like he had 16 in the first game. He had 14 uh, this game. So it was awesome to see that. I was getting a bit nervous when they were coming back and Dame was starting to heat it up. Yeah, when, um, when Damian Lillard gets hot, it's 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 light. He's yeah, no, unreal. it's yeah, it's it's honestly something that's fun to watch, except when it's against your favorite team. The thing with Brad Stevens is, we've seen so many times, so many times over the past few years, where the Celtics will have a big lead. And then they all start to fall apart. And the thing that I think it is, is that Stevens tries to experiment a little bit too much instead of just trying to win the game. You know what I mean? Like trying to throw rotations in there that usually don't go out with each other. Like that, that's the thing. Like, I don't know what breaks down. I feel like it does come from the coaching's uh, the coaching side, because from the players, it's just like they got the 24 point lead. So what's really going on there? It has to be the play calling. So that's where I really think it goes down is that Stevens gets a little bit too confident. He wants to try pulling out some new stuff and then it just all falls apart instead of just sticking to what's working. Um, so the 24 point lead, if they had lost that game, I probably would have rammed my head through the TV screen. <laughs> we would have had some problems. Yeah, no, we, you know, I would have went down to Orlando myself and seen what was going on. Broke your way into the bubble. Yeah, yeah no, I would have broke my way in. I would have said, I don't need a COVID test. I don't need this mask. I'm a free American. <laughs> I'm built different. Yeah, I'm built different is right. But, uh, no, I, I was so happy to see them come out and play the way they did, except for the 24-point uh, lead that they gave up. Um, uh, this is actually kind of uh, – uh, sorry to interrupt you, Ryan, but this no, is kind you're of fine. actually a little uh, – Breaking news, this is doesn't really have much to do with the Celtics, the team, but NBC Sports Boston made uh, mass digital and regional layoffs the past few days, and a few of the people that got let go are Celtics reporters Abby Chin, Gary Tangway, and Asherod Blakely. Wow. Their what? 20 people got laid off, and obviously those three, I mean, Abby Chin and Aishra, we see on TV all the time. Yeah. Those two got laid off, man. That is, that is, that's upsetting. Uh, yeah. I mean, no, that's you, extremely, and, and Tangway has been there for a while. He is a great, he is a great reporter. He is an on-air personality, but he knows his basketball in and out. Abby Chin, we see her as a sideline reporter every game and Aishra as well. So I, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Um, but I, yeah, I, I'm just on Twitter right now, and I was just going through that. That is, uh, you know, it's really tough the world that we live in right now um, because just everything with Corona, COVID, people losing their jobs, people not being able to find jobs, and you see stuff like this happen. I mean, it, obviously, me and you, like, this is the type of career we want to get into, and you see this stuff, and it's just, it's upsetting, man. Like those people that let go are the best of the best. I'm sure they'll be fine. You know, they'll find work elsewhere with other teams and whatnot. But, man, it is – that's just tough to see. But I, I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, good luck. I mean, obviously, I, I wish the best of luck to all those people moving forward. And I'm sure that they'll uh, – someone – if someone is smart enough, they will pick them up. And they'll, yeah. be, they'll be back at it in no time. 
That wow. is uh, that is super sad to see. Yeah, wow. right. Blit- I know. Hey, Sherrod has been there for a while too. Sherrod has been there for a very long time. Yeah, that that is pretty upsetting. But uh, yeah, I yeah, I just want to throw it out there. But the the show must go on. We'll we'll keep we'll finish this episode up. Uh, the Celtics play the Miami Heat tonight at six thirty. Uh, Ryan, what are your what are your thoughts going into this game? What do you expect to see from Boston? I'm expecting. Tatum to have at least 30. He has to have at least 30. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a very tough test, but it's going to show who Jason Tatum is. You know, we saw him against the Clippers this year before the pandemic went on, and we saw him in a bunch of other games when he went on his 30-point-per-game his run. I think this is a team where he's really going to light them up. And Jalen, I'm expecting at least 25-plus. 25-plus uh, for sure. That – that duo that they have going on is unbelievable. And Jalen's probably the most consistent guy the Celtics have going on right now. But um, I just wanted to get back to real quick, just to backtrack real quick yeah, to the last game. I just wanted to say how crazy it was. Again, like I did bring up that Tatum got his haircut and he turned it around, but it was unbelievable what he was doing in that game. Like he, <laughs> He was an absolute problem. Like, the shots that he was making were absolutely crazy. The step backs, he loves his sidestep. Even when he was being smothered on a shot, it went through like silk. And that's another thing that I've noticed. Jalen's shot has come so much better. Dude, it it has come such a long way. It is so silky now. It is so smooth. Yeah. It is so... Silk, every time it hits the net, I'm just like, oh, come on, Jalen. Give me more. Give me more. Night and day compared to where he was rookie year. Yeah, rookie and, year. and it's it's a shot that – it's an athletic shot. Like, if you just look at him now compared to where he started a few years ago, he looks like just a completely different guy on the floor. Like, he's more ripped. He's more, like, lean. You know what I mean? He just looks like a stud player in the NBA now. He's worked and, hard. And and that fadeaway that he's got going on from the post, oh, my God. If him and Tatum both have that, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's going to be night and day for those guys. But, uh, yeah, those two, uh, if for tonight, I'm expecting them to have at least 30 from Tatum, at least 25 from Jalen. Um, I think an X factor that we are going to see tonight is it's always the bench for us because uh, the Heat do have a pretty good team depth-wise. So I'm hoping that someone comes off the bench and does make a difference, um, like Brad Wanamaker. If Brad Wanamaker is able to have 14 like he had the other night, that'd be great. That'd be huge for Boston. Uh, that, that, that'd be massive. And a matchup that I'm really excited to see go on tonight is the matchup between Bam Adebayo and Daniel Tice. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, last time they played, Hayward had uh, – he led the team with 29 points. He usually has good games against Miami. Miami just lost to the Raptors yesterday. They are 5-6 and six on the second night of a back-to-back. But they don't really have to worry about traveling or anything like that. It's just kind of like, you know, them having to just go back to their hotel and just go go back to the court the next night. So it's like, you know – the back-to-back might not be as effective as it once was, but, I mean, we'll, we'll just have to see. The Celtics have a back-to-back. They play the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow as well. Um, but Miami, uh, I don't know if you got much of the game 
yesterday, Ryan, but the Miami Heat literally could not hit from the three-point line. They shot 14 of 45. First half was, like, terrible. Like, first half was, like, abysmal. Like, they shot – they hit most of those in the second half, and and Toronto hit 50% of their threes. Um, Miami kept it close, though. I mean, and like you said, they have one of the best rosters in in the NBA. Um, It's just top to bottom. They're starters. Uh, off their bench, uh, you know, they have shooters, Duncan Robson, Tyler Hero. They got rookie Kevin, Kendrick Nunn, uh, Goran Dragic, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Myers Lennon, Kelly Olenek. People can say what they want about Kelly Olenek, but Kelly, the clinical. Turning Olenek, around a little 20 bit. points in the fourth quarter uh, in their first game against Denver. Um, and, uh, you know, they're coached by Eric Spolstra, who is an, arguably to me is one of the best coaches in the NBA, just a veteran coach. He's been, he's been there through it all. He knows uh, the ins and outs. Um, he knows how to coach that team very well. And they're also one of my sleepers this year and going into the playoffs. But Miami's 0-2 against Boston this season. The Celtics beat them by 19 points back in December and 8 points on, in January. And they've won the past five regular season meetings against them. So I'm with you on the fact that I see Jace Tatum and Jalen Brown having uh, another, both of them having great games against Miami. It's going to be a hard defensive matchup. Uh, Miami is... One of the better defensive teams, Celtics are better, but they are one of the better defensive teams in the NBA. So that'll be an interesting matchup to say the least. And hopefully the Celtics can keep it rolling because they, they'll play tonight. They'll hopefully make it two wins in a row. Then they'll get Brooklyn tomorrow night and we'll see what happens then. And then they have Toronto on Friday and that's going to be the big game. They're currently um, four games behind Toronto. So it's just like, it's kind of hard to catch up at this point to get that second seed, but at the same time, um, it's anything's possible. So we'll see what happens. That game will be important, though, especially going into the playoffs because uh, that will be a potential matchup for us. So it'll just kind of be like, all right, well, we'll see where, where we're at against them and vice versa. Um, but, yeah, that's really all I have to say this episode. Ryan, is there anything else you want to throw in before we, uh, we close this episode out? No, I think uh, we covered pretty much everything. So, yeah, Boston, you know, Celtics are back. Uh, we're, we're excited, obviously. It was annoying their first loss, but we're just happy to see the boys back, get everything rolling. And, you know, we got five regular season games left, or six, excuse me, after tonight. Uh, five after tonight, six including tonight. And then we got the playoffs starting. So exciting times are ahead. Um, and, yeah, we can't wait to keep talking Celtics with you guys. But thank you guys for listening. This was episode 11 of Chasing Banners. My name is Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on deck there. You can find everything you need to know about me, the handles for our, our, uh, our podcast chasing banners, which we are recording now, obviously, and hoops caviar, which is our basketball podcast as a whole. You can find my blog. You can find on my Twitter account. You'll find all the Celtics content that you want to see all the Celtics and NBA stuff that you need in your life. And Ryan, why don't you tell these wonderful people where they can find you? Well, if you don't need Dante in your life, I have a very bad issue with you. We have problems. So you better go follow him right now because I know where you live and I know where – oh, oh, my God, I'm getting way too into it. No, but (laughs) I am 401Sheehan on Twitter. There you can find all my nonsense and all the stuff that I talk about. I have my own podcast called Sheehan's World. I haven't released it yet this week. Um, but you can also find the Instagram for it, which is called Sheehan's World Pod. Obviously on Instagram, got Chasing Banners we're doing right now. We have Hoops Caviar. We're going to release 
Um, may not be able to release it this week. I am taking care of my mother who's getting very serious back surgery. So this week might be a skip. But Family comes first, though. Yes, That's family comes I... first. Remember that. And other than that, go Celtics, baby. I'm looking forward to a big win. I'm looking forward to see what Tatum can do and, and uh, Jalen Brown and what these, all these young bucks can do. So I'm very excited for tonight's game. Yes, sir. Thank you guys again for listening, and we'll uh, we'll be hearing you'll be hearing from us again in uh, shortly in a week. So thank you guys once again. Check out the merch too. Peace, yes, guys. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Go Celtics.